If the quest for data was paramount pre-pandemic, banks know more than ever that data can glean insights that not only win customers, but also serve and truly help them. In an encore appearance, Corey Gross of Sensible and Doug Brown of NCR talk about what's next for data and how it can be leveraged into smart decisions post-pandemic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in jolly old London, England, and Chicago. I'm Lou Carlosa, your host, and today, let me tell you something. When you have two great guests as a tag team on a podcast, the most logical question you can ask is, when do you get them back? And we've got them back. I'm going to reintroduce to you Corey Gross and Doug Brown. Corey is the co-founder and CEO of Sensible. They're a leading provider of financial tools that help users manage their everyday spend and SKU level data solutions to help make financial wellness attainable through personalization. Corey is an award-winning repeat entrepreneur, digital receipts pioneer, and thought leader in fintech digital banking and financial wellness, a topic close to my heart. Doug Brown president of digital banking for NCR Corporation. They're a leading software and services-led enterprise provider in the financial, retail, and hospitality industries. Doug is an innovative leader who drives business strategy with successful execution via digital and mobile enablement of the customer experience. Big asterisk, worth pointing out, Doug and Corey are great guys. They were great guests on the last podcast. We have them back. Corey. Doug, it's Bankadelic, round two. Yeah, you answered in unison too. How about that? It's been eight months since the last podcast. What have you guys been up to? I'll start. I have another child. Congratulations. My son just turned seven months. That's taken plenty of my time. So that's my full-time job. My side get being running a software company. <laughs> that delivers financial wellness tools on the side. But yeah, it's been a crazy eight months, but very excited to see through a new year. And on the other end of the spectrum, Lou, I've got two millennial daughters who just graduated from college. So we just completed that last week, as a matter of fact, where Corey is in his stage, I'm on the other end. Fantastic, new beginnings for both of you. Speaking of which, whichever one of you wants to take it first, I would love to see the 10,000 foot view of how data can drive smart decisions within financial services and what that looks like when the rubber hits the road. Let me start and then Corey will riff with me. I think data in particular, Lou, now is really at a higher premium priority than ever because of the need for helping individuals, both consumers, businesses with financial wellness. And in order to get to wellness and to help people coach them, guide them on all aspects you know, of their life and goals and financial security, it gets into knowing the data, knowing it well, and then acting upon it. And so for us, we've seen this increased need of give me more tools to understand 
inform and guide me, humanize the advice with this. Don't make it so analytical. And please don't speak to me like I'm a bank. I don't bank speak is what consumers and businesses tell us. So contextualizing all of it now has moved to the forefront and we're seeing that happening in new and incredibly powerful ways. And in particular, in partnership with Corey, we're pushing that forward. So let me hand the baton to Corey. Yeah, I think Doug laid it out well. I mean, this stuff's been talked about for a long time. And the thing that usually mobilizes potential energy or talk into action are critical events. Obviously, the pandemic and the financial implications on people and businesses' lives helped inspire that renewed attention towards data-driven human personal financial experiences. Now, it doesn't mean that this is brand new. Fintechs and technology companies have long used data to humanize and personalize their experiences to their customers. Banks didn't think it was mission critical for them because they could still call them on the phone and see them at the branch and they could maintain their human touch to create that personal experience. But in the absence of that, they've really had to think about, all right, well, you know, we're behind the eight ball. What's this mean? There is a permanent digitization of financial services. And what are the entry points that we are going to need to start with to catch up? So I think this is not new, but I think you always need that. Holy crap, we're going to have to do something quick because the alternatives are going to be in plain sight, whereas before they might have been a little bit more niche. We're at the midpoint of 2021. You've both set the stage beautifully. I'd love to know how the two of you are working together to flex data for the next half of the year and beyond in really usable, sensible ways. Yeah, Lou, let me say it like this. For Corey and I, it's like chocolate and peanut butter, right? We're making a Reese's peanut butter cup because we are helping to bring forward meaningful, actionable activity for consumers and businesses. Because from my end, you know, digital banking and mobile banking in particular Increased intensity of usage massively occurring through 2020 into 21. We continue now. And you've seen new demographics brought to the ecosystem. We've got the boomers and older demographics now doing things like using Zelle and using check deposit capture, for example, brought on a bit by necessity, as Corey was pointing out. But we've got them now really engaged digitally where we didn't have them as much before. You know, there's been measurable uptick in those demographics now engaging and using. And now once we have them understanding how to use the tools and they're comfortable with it. And as a matter of fact, a lot of them are like, holy crap, this is way better than what I used to do. Going to the branch every week to deposit a check, as example, we've got them now not only engaged in using it, but enjoying it and finding it better. When Corey and I put it together, this is where the opportunity begets. What can we inform them about? What's in the data patterns now that we've got their attention and they're engaged? And Corey, I'd say, you know, they're reacting well to what we're informing them about, right? About details and their spend and data patterns. Yeah. When we initially started with Doug and his team, it was, all right, let's provide front-end experiences that help people manage their money at a very granular level. So we all know about personal financial management. We all know about budgeting for critical events and monitoring your spend at a categorical level. But most people aren't living at a quarter or a year at a time. They're living check to check or they're living week by week. And that relies on a lower level, a deeper level of granularity. And that's you know gotten in our case from invoices, receipts, other financial documents, 
and we provide that insight back to the end customer. Where we want to go from here is steps further and leaps further, really. We've got all this interesting information that really reveals more than just where people are spending their money and shopping. We're seeing preferences. We're seeing lifestyle changes. We're seeing all kinds of movements towards new life stage events. That might mean having a child. That might mean renovating a home, et cetera. And we're able to provide them a human financial assistant based on this very personal data set to help them make the best financial decisions for their life. We use financial wellness as a very blanket term as we folks are prone to do in the industry, but financial wellness is very personal for people. One person's version of financial wellness might be having enough money so that they can travel the world. Another person might be making sure that they can provide, you know, just basic life necessities for their family. And so helping people achieve their unique version of financial wellness requires very specific detail about that individual's spending life. And the other thing, Lou, with this is we're scaling the humanization capability of all this. So what we're describing here, too, is a heavy emphasis of AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning into this data evaluation and bringing it forward. And that's really picked up in intensity so that you can act on it, not just at one or two customers at a time, if you were meeting them in person, for example, That's the beauty of the digital scale model. And so it's not just humans deliver that humanizing engagement. It's this digitally personalized capability that's driving in and winning over, as I said, the demographic expansion of of engagement around digital and applications like digital banking. Absolutely. I'm fascinated by the concept of financial wellness. I think it's huge. Really also a way to win customer loyalty and for financial institutions to get more involved in the lives of the people they serve. And that really feeds this righteous circle. People are being helped. Business gets better. We think of it as the flywheel effect, right? So you deliver awesome experiences that help people manage their money or their financial life. They're more willing to connect very deeply with you by offering up data. And that data is used by the organization to provide better, more tailored financial tools. And on and on it goes in this virtuous cycle. And so our job as providers of digital solutions is to, number one, provide experiences that we believe are best in class that will engage the user with the solutions that we put out, be best in class as it relates to making sense of all of this data that comes in and the various types of data that comes in, and then listening and learning and making sure that folks receive the most tailored experience they possibly could to feed the flywheel. We don't do this in isolation. We don't do this without the feedback loop. And now that we have very different versions of what financial wellness ought to look like based on the experiences of people over the last 12 to 14 months, we're able to further refine those models. So that's the way I think about feeding the flywheel. And we have a unique lens on this whole ecosystem, Lou, because when we see you know 25 million active users across the US in analyzing data and patterns and seeing a shift of what they're doing, That's gives us the ability to tailor like the offers, for example, that are really relevant. And we've all gone through not just life event changes, but obviously societal changes in the pandemic-induced environment forced a significant change of patterns for us. And so what that means is like, okay, I trust my bank to guide me, advise me on the topic of wellness and help me capture value and get good deals. And Corey and I can take it a level deeper, finding like what deals matter. If it's takeout type of restaurant dining has replaced your normal fast casual sit down, 
well, we're going to see that and know that, and we're going to help banks provide back to their consumers that type of offer that's going to matter, and that's what they appreciate. And we see that in higher, you know, utilization, redemption rate, and it's delivering real value. And so this is where, you know, having the ability to see it and act on it to your opening question, Lou, and then, you know, put it in at scale for all consumers, all businesses is an example too. you know, where how this is really happening now more so than ever. Love it. So cool to have you guys back again. We have to already start talking about the three-peat here. So Corey, Doug, thanks for being on Bankadelic today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Lou. Always fun. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the trilogy. Corey Gross is the co-founder and CEO of Sensible. He is based in Toronto, Canada. Doug Brown is president of digital banking for NCR Corporation. He is based in Atlanta, Georgia. Look for Corey and Doug on LinkedIn. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. Mrs. Cockney, I want to thank you for making the time to sit down with us today. We'd like to talk about financial wellness. You expressed a great interest in it. Yeah, that's right. I'd like to talk about me financial wellness. I feel sick. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. I mean, there's financial wellness and there's wellness, wellness. Well, I'm sick. I need financial wellness and I'll need it right away. Uh, okay, well, what do you need help with? Well, I'm sick. I'm sick of paying rent bills, tax bills, phone bills. I'm sick of paying bills for my bills, late charges, service fees, credit card bills. <laughs> Listen, I think you're a bit confused. I'm not confused. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes, well and sick. I get that. But financial wellness is not about being sick of paying bills. Everybody has to pay bills. What do you mean? 
you heard me. Everybody needs to pay bills, Mrs. Cockney. I mean, it's just not possible to opt out of that. Well, certainly it is. We have a lot of money. <laughs> well, I guess, of course. Put your hands in the air. This is a sticker. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I said put your hands in the air. Hand over all your money. <laughs> gotcha. I don't use cash. I'm cashless. I only use apps to transfer funds back well, and guess forth. guess what I've got? I've got a square. Now hand over your debit card and let me swipe it. Oh, brother. And now, Bankadelic presents... Three Bullseyes. Number one. We've seen this increased need of give me more tools to understand, inform, and guide me, humanize the advice with this. Don't make it so analytical. And please don't speak to me like I'm a bank. I don't bank speak is what consumers and businesses tell us. Number two. You've seen new demographics brought to the ecosystem. The boomers and older demographics now doing things like using Zelle and check deposit capture. We've got them now really engaged digitally where we didn't have them as much before. Number three. One person's version of financial wellness might be having enough money so that they can travel the world. Another person might be making sure that they can provide basic life necessities for their family. And so helping people achieve their unique version of financial wellness requires very specific granular detail about that individual's spending life. And now, Lou's views. The urgency and need is here and now. Doug Brown of NCR said as much on today's podcast, and let's think about that for a minute. What was he talking about? That might be obvious, right? The pandemic created urgency and need. Technology needed to move at 7, 10, 20 times the speed that it was moving previously to get people into financial services at a time when they could not get into lobbies and meet with bankers. Well, the pandemic is starting to lift. But here's the rub. Just because we do not experience an urgency from a health standpoint doesn't necessarily mean that we can let up with the urgency to drive digital technology forward and make better use of the data that banks have. The acute needs of people, they're not going to go away. Corey Gross shared as much in his own personal life. He is the father of a seven-month-old child, and with that, a lot of decisions in terms of how to best allocate and reallocate finances. Urgency and need are part of everyone's life. Doug Brown also alluded to how in communities, the ability, the initiative, and the drive to create change will make a huge difference. Financial services organizations too often fixate on how they can win customers and business. Well, we know now what is truly great, and that's serving customers by helping them make concrete and valuable, meaningful changes in their lives so that they can have a future and hope. I'd say the urgency and need is here and now. Let's go for it. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. 
Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the Civil War reenactment as Abraham Lincoln. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.